Welcome back to Sports Legends of the Carolinas, and thank you for subscribing. I'm your host, Scott Fowler, and on this podcast, we speak with some of my favorite sports icons from the region I've covered for almost 30 years. Dale Earnhardt Jr., four straight wins at Talladega. For this episode, I'm sitting down with NASCAR legend Dale Earnhardt Jr. I was able to make my own choices in my life, but Dad was always a ceiling to protect me, and that was gone. And now I had this feeling of some sort of freedom that was very dangerous, you know, and scary. Like, where's my leader? Where's my leadership? It's My leadership's gone. And here it is, final lap for Dale Earnhardt Jr. here at Bristol at a place where his father had so much success. Thanks again for supporting this work. Here's the rest of our conversation. In your 2018 book, Racing to the Finish, uh, you really detailed in very specific uh, terms your your fight back from multiple concussions. Uh, what made you – well, I, let me ask you, first of all, I guess, do you, do you still suffer any symptoms from that, or is that – are you – I don't suffer any uh, – I don't suffer any symptoms from uh, my concussions. I've, I don't even – you know, for, for a couple years after um, 2016 – through 2017, 2018, some of 2019, I still thought about it. I still was analyzing myself every day. I, you know, if you forgot the keys, where did you put your keys? You know, you're, things that you normally do, no matter what you've been through. I'm like, man, am I, is that something? Is you know? But now I've gotten to the point where I'm so far removed from it. I don't even even think about it anymore. I feel like I'm. I feel like my, I feel like I'm doing great. That's awesome. <clears throat> what was your sort of reasoning behind, you know, being so open about writing that book? Because I feel like that um, I retired early in a lot of people's minds suddenly. Here today to confirm uh, the news you received this morning that I've decided to make this season my last as a NASCAR Cup driver. I'll admit that having influence over my exit only became meaningful uh, when it started to seem most unlikely. As you know, I missed a few races last year, and during that time I had to face the realization that my driving career may have already ended without me as so much getting a vote at the table. Of course, in life we're not promised a vote, and that's especially true in racing. The opportunity to stand here at this podium to announce my choice rather than some fate that was decided for me. And so I wanted to, I felt like it was fair to tell them why and tell them some of the gritty details about it. So hopefully it might give people a better understanding where they're not always wondering, like, what's happened? Why did it happen? Like, Why did it have to happen that way? And so um, I think the book does a good job of, of helping people, you know, understand the seriousness of the situation and, um, some of the challenges that were I was dealing with at the time, physically and emotionally, and it was a relief, you know, to sort of put that out there and say, "Here, this is, you know, if you want to know what happened, here, here it is. Yeah. I don't have to tell it every time. <laughs> I don't have to carry this with me. Yeah, um, because it was a pretty heavy weight to carry." Speaking of books, so you have uh, uh, written a children's book yeah. that's coming out. Yeah, Buster's Trip to Victory Lane is the name of this book. And the experience of writing the book about the concussions 
created some partnerships and relationships with the publisher and they, you know, becoming a father, they thought, would you have any interest in writing a children's book? And being a father, we accumulate piles and piles of books, even multiple copies of the same one. And reading through those, you know, you see so many different styles of how these books are trying to connect and trying to capture the imagination or capture the interest of the child. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and it's it's interesting what they gravitate to in the books that they like and don't like and what reasons. You know, what do your girls gravitate to? Or you have to read Goodnight Moon a Good ton Night of times? Moon, and, yes. Yeah. Goodnight Moon, they carry that around. They both love it. It's amazing. That it that, is. My four kids were the same way. So there's so that book has a magic in it, mm-hmm. right? And there's something about it that clicks or it lures them in or, you know, and they just want that story over and over and over. And trying to figure out how to, you know, how to make something interesting for a child is, is a fun challenge. And uh, I think we had a... It was, a, it was, we, I got to be heavily involved in it, uh, as far as working with the artists and, and, uh, crafting the characters and their names and, uh, crafting the story and, um, the wordage and language, uh, so that it's, you know, somewhat correct, but also not overcomplicated. Mm-hmm. And, and I hope people like it. You know, we'll see. It's a two, it's a two book deal, so there'll be another book. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. Buster will do something else. We're already <laughs> uh, just wrote an email last night about a couple ideas of what I think the storyline should be centered around, and so uh, the girls have they read it yet? Not yet. Okay. Well, that'll yeah. be a nice. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm a nervous. very honest audience, I'm sure. I know. So that's probably <laughs> the ones I'm most nervous about. Right. Is, is I think you know it's I'll be curious you know is what the response is and and there's not the response of parents or my you know the, the folks that followed my career but kids who the pick kids. it up right yeah um you have your own podcast the dale jr download which any nascar fan worth uh, his or her salt knows about i love it uh i was listening to an episode just the other day where you it was kind of a greatest hits episode uh this was uh and you had gone through a number of guests who had told great stories about your dad and that is a recurring theme i mean there's many themes throughout the podcast your love of history your natural curiosity all this but also your dad and i wonder if the podcast itself has helped you sort of get to know him better uh through or or if that was one of the reasons you you continue to do it uh 400 episodes in so uh uh it has allowed me to um, know Dad differently and and know different layers. We, I think, growing up around him, I was uh, I was you know starstruck and and intimidated and and affected by I was I was you know him standing in the room or standing right here in front of us. I felt the same way you'd feel or anyone else would feel looking at him. And so it was hard for me to really get to know the true him and really understand how he, what he thought and how he ticked, you know. And the the hearing other people's versions of him or other people's experiences with him and how they saw him and how they experienced him and how they knew him, uh, it, it's uh, you get a lot of different variations, right? And so it's kind of fun to be able to feel like you're learning more. I think at the same time, it's like you're, it's a way to experience dad 
even though he's gone. You know, even though he's not here, we're still like when someone's telling me a story about him, it's like I can protect, you know, I can imagine being there and imagine that happening. And it's a way to kind of still enjoy who he was or what he was without, you know, even, even though he's not here to, for us to experience, we're still experiencing. Yeah. Something about it. And him. it's so humanizing too. It, it's interesting. Uh, I listened to a, a number of them again uh, in preparation for this, but one thing that comes through a lot is that your dad was never short of advice for almost no, yeah. anybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where you, you know, no matter what it was, Everything. right? Yeah. Jeff yeah. Burton tells this great story about they how dad had a plan for him and Jeff Burton to buy a boat. Uh, they, at one point, they were going to buy an island. <laughs> and dad would basically grab Jeff and say, come to my bus. And Jeff would walk up in there and he said, dad would be laid out on the floor with papers everywhere of all of the whole plan. Here's how it's going to work. We're going to do this. We're going to get it. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. You're going to do this. I'm going to do this. You're going to do this. And so, and when you would, you know, when we, when you flew with dad, you sit there, you sit there, you sit there, you sit there. I'm going to sit here. I mean, he had it all in his head already how the trip was going to go and who was going to sit in what position on the plane. That was that detail, all that, having that control and that choreography was important to him. There was a reason how he wanted uh-huh. you where you were. Huh. And, uh, yeah, he was, there, he was, we're going to, when we go on this, when we go here, we're going to eat there, we're going to vote, we're, you know, Dad, Jeff Burton tells me several stories. Jeff was going to go on a trip to some location that Dad frequented. And Jeff said, hey, I know you go down there. What, what, what's some things I need to do? The next day, Dad hands him an envelope, and it's all his whole itinerary. <laughs> You're going to eat lunch here. You're going to eat dinner here. The next day, lunch here. The next day, dinner here. You're going to go see this. You're going to do that. I've already lined it up. Call this guy. Call that guy. You got this. You got seats here. You got a reservation there. And it's here, here's your trip, Jeff. You're, you're, you're going on my wow. trip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're not going on your trip. You're going on my trip. <laughs> here's, my, here's my version of your trip. Yeah. <laughs> he would have had a great second career as a wedding planner or a travel agent or uh, all these things. It, it's interesting because – Racing at its core is, I mean, you can only plan so much, right? It's instinctual too. Yeah. You can't, you don't know whether you're going high or low or, or until one-tenth of a section, I guess. He had just figured out in his mind what he thought was the best way to experience something, and he wanted you to go there and not waste any time and know exactly. He's like, you're not going to have a better dinner than this place right here on this night, so that's where you're going to go. Hmm. Trust me. That's he did not true. like inefficiency, it no. sounded like. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. He didn't want you to end up at the wrong place for dinner yeah. or making a guess and guessing wrong. How uh, has uh, becoming a father changed you in, in, in all sorts of ways, I'm sure? Well, I think, um, I think it's calmed my anxiety down a little bit. I used to have pretty bad anxiety, and, and I would, you know, I wore that on my sleeve and you know, if I was nervous or anxious or uh, everyone in the room knew it, I was, I would be outspoken about it. And uh, so I think being a dad and being a parent has like calmed me down a lot and allowed me to like, um, 
a lot of the things that I thought were critical or important or 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 needed to be taken care of or addressed in the moment. You know, it's not so. I'm not so particular about all that anymore, and and those things aren't obviously as important anymore as this. You know, where my kids are and that they're safe and that um, they're they're growing and progressing and thriving. So uh, I feel like that that's changed me in a way. You know, they, everybody says you know kids usually mellow people out or yeah. calm me down a little bit. And I think that's true to a point, and uh, it's a struggle though. You know, I think being a being a dad and yeah, it's not all uh, rainbows, is it? It ain't. I mean, you know, you're a kid sick at three in the morning or something. Or well, whatever. I mean, those those are the things I think that I anticipate dealing with. Um, some of the things that I struggle with, I think, are being, you know, you still got to live. You still got to. You still got to have your. You still got to continue to have your own interests, hobbies, activities. You still got to have. You still got to nurture. And work on your relationship with your wife. You 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 need time together. You got to go do things. You got to go to you know. And some I battle a little bit. I think with the with feeling selfish about that. Actually planning and going and doing things, you know, outside of being a parent, but also feeling the guilt of doing those things. And what if, what if you know making sure that you're on time, present, parent, dad. The be, you know a plus every day, you know, and so um, that's hard. Yeah, trying yeah. to figure, trying to figure mm-hmm. out that balance is tough. But I'm new to it. I'll get better. I'll <laughs> well, get better. you um and you've mentioned uh for years uh, you know that you naturally have, have especially growing up I think we're introverted, uh, shy, and you you live a very public life and and live it. Uh, uh, you're as genuine and authentic with fans as anyone I've ever seen. Fifteen time most popular driver. Um, you're on TV all the time uh, for races and stuff. I wonder how you how you balance that. Is that something that you kind of still have to fight? That I'd really kind of rather just go off and did you change? I guess over as you grew up. So there's ha- half of me would love to be somewhere by myself, being an introvert, and the other half of me is is kind of great with the way things are and being out there and being around people. Um, I don't know really what is best for me or what what it is I truly need to be content, but everything I've ever done in my life, I never wanted to do it by myself, whether it was a road trip or whatever it might be. I never wanted to go alone. I wanted someone with me hmm. to en- either mm-hmm. enjoy, the exper- enjoy the experience with or be able to bounce off ideas uh, uh, with. So I know that being alone is probably not what I truly want, but um, there are times when I daydream about that old ranch house we used to live in on the lake and being in something like that and just, I'm super nostalgic. And so um, for some reason, I've got this urgency to experience what life was like what life used to be like or you know my life um the the music the style the the way things were back then so i kind of daydream about that a lot just being alone and and to myself and and void of any responsibility professionally 
Sure. But I think that the truth is that I'd probably be miserable. <laughs> How old were you when you lived in this ranch house? Um, 1981, we moved in with Dad on the lake. Okay. And the lake used to be nothing but these little single. Lake Norman? Yep. Okay. This yeah. single, single floor ranch houses. And now, you know, they're, they're mansions. Of course. Every, yeah. bo- you know, every lot yeah. they're, they're put in mansions. But uh, it used to be this kind of low-key, you know, I don't know. I just, something about me is super nostalgic and won't, I want to rewind the tape, right? And and I'm, I miss, I didn't get, you know, I miss those times or want to experience those times again. And um, it's really not a possibility. But I would say that, um, to be quite frank, I think that um, I'm busier than I want to be, but it's hard to say no. You know, it's hard. You, you get these opportunities and things. It's a too good a deal to pass up, or too good an opportunity, or it's going to be too fun, or the people involved are going to be people I want to work with or want to do something with. And uh, for whatever reason or another, you you keep putting more on your plate and finding ways to make it work and still you know, spend time with your family. And eventually that I think I need to really kind of not soon, but at some point in my life, I'm going to have to like really just strip, strip it down a little bit and pick a few, pick a few things to really put my time into and spend the rest with my girls. Mm-hmm. But I think I still got several years before yeah. to that point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I wonder what your, yeah, music we've talked about a little yeah. bit before. I know you're uh, you you like a lot of different genres. One time I remember you told me you even uh, among we talked about eighties. You're talking about nostalgia. I think it, so. What do you listen? What do you listen to now? Same. So right back to that conversation. I listened to a lot of early eighties rock and country um, because it takes me back to this mythical sort of place. Um, and it's I, I lean into the '70s and the '80s pop music and and country a lot, and I listen to a lot of pop punk music. Um, one of my favorite bands is called The Dangerous Summer, and I like a lot of that music as well. So my wife is not a big fan of it, <laughs> so <laughs> I only get to listen to it when I'm by myself. But remember one time you mentioned uh, among artists that you liked was uh, Barry Manilow. And I yeah. remember thinking, wow, that I would never have expected that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Copacabana is a fun song. Uh, great story. Um, I write the songs and he had such a great voice and his music had a innocence and a, and a real beauty to it. And, uh, that song, those songs remind me of my, you know, my childhood or going, you know, being at the, being at you know, roller skating with my mom and my sister or, you know, my wife gives me a hard time. We're kind of getting in the weeds, but my wife gives me a hard time. She's like, everything in front of you right now is great. Mm-hmm. Why are you nostalgic to these moments when you were less financially well off? You were. Uh, wearing hand-me-down clothes and and living in these you know living in these tiny mill houses or whatever you know your mom was living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, why is that part of your life? What you're trying to you know what you wish you could recreate when all these things right your life right now is in such a great place. 
But uh, I don't know. I just, um, I'm just, I got a nostalgic bone in me that just is always like trying to, trying to take me back uh, emotionally and mentally. When I listen to music, it really helps. <laughs> I remember in the eighties, a lot of the clothes we used to wear used to have like geometric shapes, like <laughs> triangles and squares yeah, and circles, right, right, right. and they were all these like neon colors and stuff. Yeah. And like, I that stuff to me is crazy cool. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're almost done, Dale. Um, I just wonder what Dale Earnhardt Jr. would say the future is is would look like for you, ideally. What my future look like? Yeah, um, sure. Well. Uh, I hope to continue to be successful uh, professionally. Uh, I would love to stay in the broadcast booth of bringing the races to the fans every week. Um, I hope that I'm wide open as a dad, you know, taking the girls to all the things and uh, soccer games or whatever it is they're interested in and finding out what they're interested in, what they're wanting to include themselves in is going to be a blast for me. And so hopefully that's full bore. And uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, I, I really wouldn't change a lot about where I am right now. I hope that all this, everything I got going on right now is still cruising in in the right direction. We've got some, you know, personal projects that we're working on. Uh, a company called Filter Time. Um, so those type of projects, we got a vodka that we introduced. Um, high Rock. Hopefully those projects that we start now are ones that are um, consuming all of my time, you know, five or ten years from now. You you hope that they are going to be this big successful thing. I, I don't, you know, we've got a house in South Carolina on the beach that we love and we daydream about living there one day, but I think our kids' lives are really going to dictate everything from here on forward. It's usually the way it goes. Yeah, I mean that honestly. Like, I think what they choose to do with their, you know, time, and that's going to dictate where we are able to go, what we're able to do, and their friendships that they're creating. You want to make sure that they're able to enjoy those. And You'd be okay with them driving, your daughters, if they wanted to? I don't, you know, I'm not even going to worry about that because I don't really think that that's, I don't know that they'll really be that interested in it. I think that since they're not going to the racetrack every week and watching their dad race, that it's not going to be this big influence in their lives. But I could be wrong. And if they have real interest in it and want to try it and see if they like it, I mean, there's avenues to go and, and let them test the waters and see how they feel. But I won't be surprised if either one of them just don't care nothing about it, <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't think that I'll ever be able to – I think that's going to be one of my frustrations – in my life going forward is trying to convince them of who I used to be. I don't think I'll ever be able to get it through their heads. Really? You know, yeah. what, what, what 2004 was like for me. And <laughs> they'll, they'll probably never think that that was as big a deal as I do. Maybe when they're <laughs> 21 or something. Maybe. <laughs> they got to grow up a little bit. <laughs> Maybe. Thank you again, Dale. You bet. Thank you again for subscribing and supporting local journalism. Next. Hi, I'm Danny Ford. I'm your next guest on the Sports Legends of the Carolinas. I'm Scott Fowler, and this is Sports Legends of the Carolinas. This show is produced by Jeff Siner and Kata Stevens, and the director of audio at McClatchy is Davin Coburn. For lots more content and to continue supporting this kind of work, 
please visit charlotteobserver.com slash sportslegends and consider a digital subscription. Connect with me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fowler or by email at sfowler at charlotteobserver.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please share with a friend. See you next week.